answering a simple question without an easy answer today on the show. Why have the Suns started so up and down? Three and three start here. Dwayne Rankin from the Arizona Republic joins us to break it all down. Coming up on Locked on Suns. Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, credentialed media member covering the Suns the past five seasons. Listen to the show wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube. We are everywhere. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single morning. And uh, big show. Well, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how big the show gets. But Dwayne Rankin is joining us of the Arizona Republic to talk about the Suns' start to the season. We are pretty a pretty good sample in now Dwayne and thought it'd be a good time to kind of check in and and get your thoughts on on why the Suns did not storm out of the gates like we maybe Suns fans were hoping um but first of all how you doing how have you enjoyed getting back into the swing of things traveling again how's the season been for you so far (laughs) it's early like like you said early the season's early the travel's early everything's early so it's a yeah. wait and see. It's a wait and see. So we'll see. So far, so good. And the show will be yeah. big because of you. It's not going to got nothing to do with oh. me. I'm just here. So don't put that uh, on me. I won't. I will not <laughs> heighten the expectations on you. I never will. Ain't got um, nothing to do with expectations. It's just it's your show. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It's not my well, show. Let's, <laughs> let's start. Let's start here. Um, I try to check in on it periodically because I don't necessarily have a bunch of new things to say about it but because you are here and and might have some more insight this ESPN story and Uh the statement from the organization is there anything new that you can tell Suns fans about timing fallout what what should people be expecting in terms of this because we're in this this waiting period now where it's been two weeks and and complete radio silence I don't think it's a waiting period. I just think that you got to go through certain stuff when you're dropping a story like this and not just you just throw it out there. And, you know, there's a whole lot of tape. I'm not going to call it rare. I'm not going to call it anything. It's just tape. You have to mm-hmm. see, okay, is this, if we do this, this happens. If we do that, that happens. If we, if we write this, this is going to be looked at. If we, you know, you, you, you recheck your sources, you say, okay, look, we're going here. Is this real? It's not real. Um, yeah. I think a lot of what happened when you look at the release itself, just, you know, as far as saying something like, you know, how can you not prove that you did, didn't do something? You know, that, 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 that statement should have sent off boop, boop, boop sound waves mm-hmm. because it's like, what are you saying? You know, because that, that could be interpreted in so many different ways. So, I think that obviously the Suns responded and, you know, I have an idea of, of, of what's held it up, but, you know, other people are doing due diligence. We're doing due diligence. Anybody who saw that should have been, okay, let's see what's going on. And so, mm-hmm. you know, talk to a few people, but at the end of the day, it's, it's you're trying to, you're trying to figure out something and your hope is that, you know, people come and talk and open now since that story dropped, you know, a lot of people, if, you, if you're out trying to find out what happened, people are talking, but it's a matter of what they're giving. And obviously nothing has been given to the extent 
that leads someone to go forward with it to say, okay, this is what you think is coming, and this is what we've learned. And so I think that's where everybody is. This isn't yeah. story's been worked on for months. You know, I've talked with people that said that they knew about it back in January. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, when you're doing that, when it's a slow drip, um, you know, you're digging and you're making sure all your your eyes and T's are, you know, eyes are dotted, T's across because all it takes is one thing to be off. And yeah. then that'll just blow the whole the entire story up. So, so no, I, I think no, no, I think you're ahead, completely right. And you know, I, I guess the, the 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 thing to continue to say is take the allegations seriously if you're a fan at home waiting on this. Right. It's not just it's not just theater of, you know, uh, the downfall of an owner or whatever. There's people behind these stories. That's what I've continued to say. And I don't think it was uh, any favors were done by the r- reporter. I, I hate to use the quotes, but uh, the guy who, who jumped ahead of this did not do anybody any favors, including those victims, by trying to get a scoop rather than let the process that you're describing continue to play out. But let's transition to basketball. Um the other strange thing about the start to this season is that the Suns have been very up and down. They have not been the dominant team that we saw close last season or run through the Western Conference last year. They're 16th in offensive efficiency right now, 16th in defensive efficiency. You could go through you know, the Lakers game, the first half against Denver, the second half against the Kings, the second half in uh, Tuesday night's game against the Pelicans. There's these moments where they've looked good, and then there's a lot of moments where they've not looked so good. So, you know, I came out of last night's game feeling like that second half could be one where there was a lot of talk about, you know, just comfort, whether it's the, a guy like Frank Kaminsky who knows the system just being out there, whether it's Chris getting a little bit more chemistry with some of these players, whether it's a guy like Jay Crowder coming out of a shooting slump. There's a lot of stuff you can point to, but what do you think is kind of the key to keeping that foot on the gas for this team is it mentality? Is it something on the court? Where do you think they have to look to keep doing this and streak together some wins? You got to have the same players playing first. I mean, Aiden missed the last game. Cameron Payne hasn't played in four games. So you got to have the same, you know, build the same rotation. That's what the Suns had going last year is that even though they were working through kinks early in the season, it was the same guys working through it. And you're adding in, you know, McGee and and then you're trying to figure out Shamit. You know, Shamit's been a mystery. He started off fast and now seems like he's trying to find his way again. I, I was like, well, he clicked early and then now it seems like he's, you know, not one to do a catch and shoot. One to, you know, guys rushing at him. So now he's dribbling. It, it looks kind of awkward. You know, you're like, what's going on with him? He was working extra today after practice. So curious to see how he plays tomorrow. But I think a lot of it is just you're trying to, you know, they haven't had a consistent group out there. Then you're trying to figure out uh, who does what well. Devin didn't do hardly any preseason. So, to me, you want to talk about he personifies what's been happening. Like, mm-hmm. there's stretches where he's you're like, okay, that's 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 that guy. In that the third stretches, quarter. Right. And then, yeah, that, that third quarter against the Pelicans, you felt like he's about to shoot him out of the game. Yeah, right, he's right. been streaky as, 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 any, as anybody. Right, right. So that that's that's he he personifies what's happening. Like the stretches where he plays really well, like at the end of the game, and then there are stretches you're like, what is he doing? He has six turnovers. I mean, he's turnover prone, 
You know, he averages like three or so, but six that that against a team like that, I get yeah. Willie Green's the other guy uh, that's the coach that understands yeah. Devin maybe more than anybody other than Monty Williams in terms of the Suns' connections, but that that's just too much. And Chris not being aggressive has been my thing. I just don't I don't see that. I know he says he can get what he wants anytime he wants, but this team can't just have him just sitting idle on offense mm-hmm. and not trying to shoot. I mean, they, they, they need him to score, to win. His best game was against the Lakers offensively. They won that game pretty convincingly. So they need him to shoot and score. Yeah, I think you're seeing a lot of the same things that I am. And I mean, I, I think the thing I keep harping on that you just touched on there that is that the so much was made coming out of the offseason of the continuity, running it back. That that was right. kind of the storyline. But right low key like under underneath of that starting lineup staying intact and Cameron Payne coming back there is a lot of change and so even yeah the injuries don't help that the fact that already you've seen Abdul Nader was in the rotation now he's not Jalen Smith had one game used in the rotation and then now he's not there's no use in developing him anymore right they're not going to put any work into that so he might not see the floor now Frank Kaminsky seems like he's reminding everybody oh yeah when he's out there, things tend to look better on offense. So um, there has been a lot of inconsistency, despite the fact that on paper and sort of when they roll out the ball to start the game, it looks right. like, oh, that's the same Suns team. It's really not so far. So I agree with you. And I think we'll talk about this later, but I think even campaign that him specifically with the things he can do in terms of, you know, adding pace to this team, both in the half court and running in, on the fast break and, energy there they don't have Tory Craig anymore and campaign's been hurt that's just such a source of energy for them so these moments where they look so dull they could really use a player to do that for them so um but I want to go back to what you said about Chris Paul and it kind of contributes to this thing that's been maybe the most bizarre part of this which is that they don't they in a lot of ways are not playing like themselves it's not even just that they're inconsistent or guys are not healthy or guys are you know cold it's that they're they're not playing the same way we're used to seeing them play so i want to dig into that a little bit first of all let's take a quick break to hear from rock auto the ever increasing numbers of makes and models of your car i think some people have a hard time keeping track of what car they even have let alone what part they might need to fix it things go wrong in a in a complete uh hurry on you and you got to walk somewhere you got to figure something out in in a in a blast and you don't even know what to do so why spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts at a chain store or heaven forbid a dealership when you could go to Rock Auto? Rock Auto is in the business of serving online auto parts customers. They've been doing it for longer than anybody back before anyone was thinking about the internet as a place to get anything. 20 years ago, they're a family business, so they know what they're doing. The same folks have been helping you forever and they save you a ton of money. So just type in the car that you have over at rockauto.com, scroll down to the part that you need, click purchase, and it's at your door within days, and a lot more money is left over in your pocket. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on when you make your purchase in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.ag who is back and better than ever for another basketball and football season to close out 2021. Check out their new updated desktop website or mobile app 
Make an account today, and when you do, use the promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit to get a pro, a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. Again, that's promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus to start off your betting for basketball, football, and baseball to even your favorite Vegas casino games. If you're a little worried about betting against the odds, you can check out the games as well. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports this fall and beyond. Bet online where the game starts. So a few numbers for you, Dwayne, uh, to start things off here. Uh, the Suns are 27th in rim frequency, the proportion of their shots that are coming at the rim, 29th in three-point frequency in the NBA, which means they're just not generating the most right. efficient shots in basketball. They're still, though, on the other hand, third in assists, so that's pretty recognizable for them. Um but then on something that's a positive, but also just shows how different things have looked so far is they're the top 10 in free throw attempts per 100 possessions, which is right. something they've really never done under Monty Williams at a consistent rate. So everything kind of looks out of whack on the offensive end. On defense, though, uh, they've been, especially lately, you know, they've held the past two opponents under 100 right. points. Right. Things are looking a little better. They're keeping teams away from the rim. They've, they're starting to clean up some of the transition defensive stuff that they struggled with early on. So it seems like this is an offense problem more, more so than anything else. You were talking about Chris Paul's aggressiveness. Why do you think maybe aside from that, that it's been so slow as a scoring unit to start the season? Well, there was a time where, I mean, Jake Crowder, he couldn't even, couldn't make a shot. Like literally, you know, I mean, yeah. Jay's a very good player, but he could not make a shot. I mean, he, he, he couldn't make a shot. Devin was three for 15, I think, the first game. I mean, just looking at the numbers, the way guys were shooting the ball, I mean, it was just it was just bad. And strictly, especially from three, it was like six for 26. It was four. I mean, it just bad numbers from three. And then they, would, they were saying we weren't, not, they weren't generating enough threes. Uh, but then I'm thinking, well, you could be generating more and still and be missing more too. So you know, I I, yeah. I get it though, you know, because you figure the numbers add out. All right, if we shoot more, that's a chance for us to make. And they're more. open, yeah. right? They're open, so I, I get it. But I mean, I think a lot of it is, you know, part of the part of it's that part of it is again. I think that Chris is one of the better shooters, and he and he's not shooting a lot. And then third, you know, I look at. Uh, you know, utilizing the bigs more. I mean, McGee shooting a high clip. Aiton shooting a high clip. Uh, you know, Kaminsky, which is weird you mentioned the free throws. Kaminsky was the, took a team high six attempts, mm -hmm. uh, which is what you're talking about flipping the numbers. That's not what's supposed to be happening. He's not supposed to be taking the most free throws on the team. That's supposed to be either Devin or Chris. So, you know, that's, that just shows, okay, well, teams are making the adjustments a little bit. You know, so that's leading Frank and led to Frank having more situations where, you know, go to the rim, which is not what he is known to do. So I think teams are in a way forcing them to do stuff a little out of character. But truth is they're getting open shots. You know, Cam Johnson talked about the ball doesn't swing, you know, as it's swinging. They're not getting no mm -hmm. swing, swing, swing threes. They're getting swing shot, swing shot. So, you know, then that plays in your head, and then you end up like Shamit. That's like, okay, shoot, do I? And so then that throws off stuff. And I'm not one. I don't want to put all of it on him. But then you also have Peyton, 
who who is a guy that seems to be when it's him in the pick and roll, it's just him in the pick and roll. It's not other guys. It's just him and that guy, the pick the, that is the set in the screen. So, you know, when you know Chris is doing it, they collapse, he, he spits it around. So I think it's just how does the offense work with certain guys? They're still trying to figure out certain groups. But, again, you know, we heard Devin talking about the basketball, you know, being different. Kel Bridges doesn't seem to have a problem with the basketball. Yeah. I'm no. just, I'm, you know, no. So it's like, okay, Mikhail is, is, is lighting it up. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, I'm, and that's playing, probably playing a role. I mean, if you're a shooter, like, you know, you know, Devin in terms of his form, I'm sure that's a factor, but yeah, they're just not making shots. Yeah. You go through it. It's Devin Booker's at 28%, Crowder, 28%, Cam Johnson, 32%, Landry right. Sham at 35%. Really it's Bridges and Paul in terms of guys at behind the three point line who are shooting above league average right now. And that's only two players and, Chris doesn't take a lot of those. At least he hasn't so far this year. So yeah, I mean, that's going to explain a ton of it. I've been harping on the, the pace, not just, you know, allowing fast break points. Some of those numbers can be somewhat misleading. You can let up a bunch of fast break points. If the team, other team can't score in the half court, you can still win the game by 30. But if you look this season, the Suns are actually so far this year, better in terms of the amount of seconds they're using on the shot clock versus last year. So that's I think that wasn't the case early. I didn't check that exact stat early on in the season, but they've been a lot better generating their own pace. I think having the ball in Booker's hands can be useful there. Um, I think when Payne gets back, that'll be a big, a big push. I mean, that was even true in the postseason. They're they're playing against elite teams and they still right. relied on Payne to do that. So right. I think he his his value in that capacity can't go understated. Um, but I want to ask you about this thing, th- this part of it, because there's something Jay Crowder said after the Kings game that I, I don't think I've talked about on the podcast. I don't think it got kind of picked up a lot in, among fans and, and media and everything, but he was talking about getting out of the, the playoff offense mindset. Right. Possessions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not looking at it as like, you know, we got to dissect in it and, and strategize every time we cross cross the uh, timeline and start to right. decompose right. every single little part of the thing and just play. And I think they've been better about that since that game. I think the Cavs game and and the Pelicans game, you know, when they were really trying to to score well and not turning the ball over, things were looking like they should, but we we really haven't seen like 120, 130 point night from this team yet. I I wonder, do you think that that's part of why that they're, they're just sort of overthinking and and micro analyzing things a little too much? Just not, uh, you know, Payne's Payne's ability to push, you know, get him out and get you know get out and run, uh, he he ignites that, and then that allows that gets Booker running, and then they yeah. throw it ahead, and then you know Mikhail is running. Whereas Chris, you know, he, he he plays at a different pace. Like he was running last night, and Cam Johnson got a layup. You know, they mm-hmm. when it was in transition, but he's not, you know. And we all know how great a player he is. But I, I saw the Chris Paul 10 years ago. That, he was this. I mean, it, it was up yep. and down and he was he was feeding and it was and it was lob. I mean, it was it, he was doing everything up tempo, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's now 17 years in the league, and it's like, no, I'm not running every time. 
And even when, even uh, last year when Willie Green was saying, you know, you got to get the ball across half court in four seconds, four to eight, four seconds, under mm-hmm. five seconds. Okay, have you seen that? They're not doing that. No. It's just yeah. walk it up. So it's like they're not – the pain is part of that, I think. You know, pain, he, he gets it out, and then he plays in the half court fast, you know, and it's, it's instinctive. Uh, and and we know Chris is instinctive, but 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 the the the, the pain not being out there, <laughs> it's hard to imagine it. But it's been significant because yeah. what Peyton does, pain does too, but far different, you know. And, and but pain gives you the, the the three as well, and Peyton isn't giving you that. And then if you come up on pain and he goes around, he gets a layup. So there's a lot of this adjusting that they got so used to diff, to, eat, to eat playing with each other and these new parts trying to figure out. And there was a time you know, I've watched it with the paint with the with McGee. They just throw it up, and it's like, wait a minute, you can't just just keep just just throw it up every time for him. Like, look, you know, they yeah. got better last night, but there was a stretch where it was like, let's see who can throw. A lob to to you know to, to JaVale McGee. No, mm-hmm. run the offense. <laughs> yeah. Let's see that. And then that mm-hmm. that will lead to you being able to throw it to him in a more yeah. traditional sense. Yeah, I think JaVale is a whole he's been more of a he's re, integrating him as required more of an adjustment than I think anybody thought. Um which is weird. Maybe it's just been too long since he played with Golden State, but you'd think having played with the team, they're even more meticulous than the Suns are. Right. And he fit in fine, right? Um, but I think, again, like we're talking about kind of that getting used to one another thing. I think both Chris and Monty both were saying that they're kind of, they're realizing how to put JaVale in position to to succeed a little bit better. Shorter shorter stints on the floor. Right. Four to five minutes, um, right. Yeah, and, and Chris saying, you know, kind of knowing – where to get him the ball. I think he's a guy where he doesn't have to be right there at the basket. He actually can take a dribble and he's so long. We saw it on some of those and one, some of those dunks where he can kind of catch gather and finish in a way that maybe Deandre doesn't do as often, or, you know, other bigs might not prefer. So I think you'll see that come along, but yeah, it's, it's just these little areas where I think you're seeing it. Um, struggle. And I, I agree with you that campaign's going to make a huge difference, but I wanted to talk about one of the other big storylines with you of the season here um, on offense, especially, which is Mikhail Bridges and the role he's taken on and, and how you think that's looked. And, and if you think it's something that, that will get better or what it'll look like by season. Right. And first of all, let's talk about McDonald's. This episode of Lockdown Suns brought to you by McDonald's, which has been proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group where they know they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and an endless supply of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge, and it's a place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I actually had a listener reach out about this ad read and tell me that it made them want to go get a McRib. Then I told them I have never had a McRib. So I went and got that done this week in honor of the McDonald's spots on the show. And I loved it. So maybe it's a place where every year, you know, seasonal favorite that McRib is going to be back. 
You probably plays, should maybe. love it. Should he, yeah. Yeah, you Who probably doesn't should love, love it. I don't. I can't stand. Okay. It. Well, but, but, you're I'm not supposed to say that when we're talking at McDonald's. What's your favorite <laughs> thing to get at McDonald's? Then tell me I, that. I don't, I don't. I don't really have a favorite. I mean, the fries. Breakfast. Are cool. fries you're a hash cool. brown guy. Fries are good. The okay. fries are what keeps people in the in the building. The it's fries the, got. It's not the McRib. I can tell you that. All right. No, no offense well, to the of course, McRib. The, McDonald's knows that they did it. They they give it to people. Which is why it's, which is why it's seasonal. It's not like it's yeah, it's, exactly. it's, 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 it's in periods of time. It's they not know a what they're doing. Menu. Okay. Well, and look, go. in the summer in Arizona, they're, 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 one... they're giving you guys a an ad, an ad, so they definitely know what they're doing. Big ups to McDonald's for exactly. hooking y'all up. Beautiful. I was Putting gonna money say in too. Your pocket. Yeah. Any Arizona listeners know those one dollar <laughs> drinks hit the spot. Um, so we appreciate McDonald's, a center for communities everywhere. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Right. There you go. He's loving it. There it is. <laughs> I'm loving it. All right. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's get to, let's get to Mikhail Bridges here, Dwayne, to close things out. Um, sons, I was doing some, some lineup number digging before we got on. Um, Mikhail has been far and away the biggest impact on the Suns lineup so far this year. They're almost 31 points better per 100 possessions with him on the floor, which Right. Will not stay that high over a full season. If it does, they're not going to be a very good team because you don't want any right. one guy doing that to you. Otherwise, when right. you're not on the when he's not on the floor, you're going to be yes. screwed. Right, it's disaster. But but it's good to see, and uh, his usage rate is higher. He's still an elite transition scorer. He's still cutting, even though he's doing more with the ball in his hand. So, what do you make of Mikael Bridges, and and do you think it's something that that actually can become a sustainable part of the Suns' offense when we look out in the second half of a playoff game in, in seven months from now, are we going to be seeing Mikhail Bridges continue to do this or do we not know yet? What do you think? Tell you what, Mikhail Bridges, well, first of all, he had a tremendous defensive effort in the second half where he just was bouncing. I mean, he went here and he, he recovered and he got to the shooter. I mean, I was like, wow, like he's getting after it. Now this was because, you know, I saw him noticing, you know, he was he was it was like nine, ten minutes left for the start of the third quarter. He was already out in the court. They were doing that halftime show, uh, Gooms and Gamas, whatever that was. And he was waiting, like, you know, hurry this up so I can get to warming up for the second half. So I think he's taking uh, he's taking more ownership of the team. You know, you hear coaches say all the time, well, you know, about a guy, oh, he's doing more, he's doing, but then you really finally see it. Like it's like 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 they're saying it, but it hadn't really, really happened. Like now it's really, really happened for him. And uh, you know, being more certain of himself in terms of the shots that he's taking. Uh, you know, obviously the mid-range was something that was being developed last year. Now you're seeing it more with off the dribble a little bit more, but uh his, his, he, he's just finding ways to affect the game. Uh, and the cutting, we know he does, but it's now it's putting all these things that we've that he's shown together on a game to game basis, not just shooting three, not just you know, because he would get caught up where okay, I've been working on his mid range, I'm gonna shoot nothing. Like, wait, no, 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 <laughs> he still got to shoot threes, yeah. or I would just shoot threes. No, 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 you got to do other stuff, and so he's putting all of that together and becoming that, uh, that, that, that third option. Uh, that they've talked about, okay, they need a third option. He's becoming that. And, and uh, offensively, it, it's looking like uh, 
Like, you know, like like he really wants to take. Now I don't. I, you know, if I'm not, if I had to look at his numbers, I think he averaged I think 13 last year, 13 or 14, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Can he go? To, can he get it up to 18? Yeah. 19? He's at, he's at he 16.3 to, right, right now. Right. But like you said, the threes, he's he's still taking. I mean, he's at 4.2 per game after 4.4 per game last season. Maybe it, it dips a bit, but that's about the, right. the ballpark. He's still a guy who never, never turns the ball over. Right. Even with the more responsibility this season, he's turning the ball over less than 10% of the time, which compare that to what you were saying about Devin Booker. Book has always been a guy, even when right. he's had all-star seasons, where he's turning the ball over quite turning a bit. So over, yeah. you, you are seeing, like you said, a lot of the different pieces come together. I would like to see him get to the free throw line a little bit more, right. and that's going to be just attacking the basket. He's he's working his way closer, closer in. I right. think he still has right. some he has some hesitation, I think, going to the basket because he's a little bit on the smaller side. He doesn't want to get, you know, a, he, he's going to get fouled hard if he goes in there. And teams no are question. Test him, right? Yeah, yeah no doubt. He, he, there's, there's like two dribbles or one dribble away from yeah. drawing contact. And, you know, he for someone of as long, as long as he is, he doesn't have the, the floater yet. You know, that's Cam Johnson, too. Cam Johnson thinks he has to get all the way to the rim to go in for a layup. No, no, you can – You, if I was Cam Johnson, I would be watching Bridges and developing that pull-up, and then that would lead to eventually getting – figuring out that mid-range, do you go all the way, do you pull up, do you shoot the floater. Mikhail has done all that. Now it's about shooting the floater and – and again, you're right. I mean, he's not, um, he's not, you know, the, but he's not going to be that guy. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I'm not, I mean, he's 20, 25. Uh, no, I mean, I'm sorry. You, you, you know, unless he just <laughs> swells up, that that's not going to happen. That's just not who the yeah. guy is ever going to be. So he's going to have to get more wiry, strong, which he may be. Like, like sometimes it just takes a guy to get knocked on his tail, and then yep. be like, okay. This is all right. You know, it hurt, yeah. but I can deal with that. Sometimes it takes that. Then to get rewarded, get to the free throw line. Then it starts, okay, well, if this is going to happen, I'm going to continue to do it. But again, mm-hmm. they're not a team that draws fouls. I mean, they just, I mean, they yeah. just, they just don't. And it, it can blame the offense. You can blame mentality. You can blame whatever, but that's just not who they are. And, and, and you know, if Mikhail can, somehow add that to the game, then you're talking about 16, two, mm-hmm. two to four free throws. Mm-hmm. You're at 18. You're at 18, 20. Yeah. And yeah. then that's when, see, I look at Chris and I and I look at Chris Paul and I'm like, I think he would be happy. I mean, I don't know how happy he would be, but I'm, I'm just going to make an assumption. Sometimes you make ass out of yourself when you do that, but I'm going to make an assumption anyway. I think that he would be happy being the third leading scorer and somebody else averaging 18 to 20 points. Yep. The back, the backup Devin. Because then yeah. he could really be the 16 assist a game, 15 assist a game, sure. 17. You know, that, that you number it's, it's it's late career Nash, right? It's right, like right, right. Nash season where you had Stoudemire at the absolute apex, and then you had J- uh, Jason Richardson, who was capable to go get you 20 in a night if you needed him to. And I think you're totally right. I think that that's, 
that's where this is is ultimately going to be headed. I mean, by the time that I don't know if it's Mikhail, right? right but right, but right. by the time that guy is on the final year of the deal he just signed, not the non-guaranteed year, but even the one right, before right. that, right, right, it's right. not going to be that he's the guy scoring you 41 points in a game six of the Western Conference Finals. I, I mean, maybe, but that's not what what anybody should be planning on, and that's why this Bridges thing is so so big. Um, but I think your point is super important too that the version of Mikhail that we're seeing even as he's developing as a scorer he does it in the same ways that the other guys do it so he's not diversifying that offense very much he's right. getting to the mid-range and he's taking threes well that's exactly what Chris Paul and Devin oh, Booker nice. already do so yeah. it's interesting and and it's Cam Johnson gonna you know put some more pressure on the basket is campaign still gonna continue to get better I mean he's already in the middle of his prime age-wise it's just you don't think about him that way Landry right. Shamit's not that type of player. So, you know, it's it's a question that will be continued to be asked about this team is, is can they do a little bit more and make their offense a little bit harder to handle? I think Mikhail just being a guy who can just handle the ball and, and, and score in his own way, that does it a little bit because you have to respect another player on the floor. But if you don't have to right. respect other areas of the floor, you know, it's still going to be a little bit of a challenge in the very big moments of everything in the postseason, So uh, I think Bridges is, is probably the most, int- I mean, he's anyone who's listened to this podcast knows, I think he's been the most interesting player on this team, but that is only continuing this season. And a lot of guys you mentioned, Dwayne, who are still waiting for a little bit of a moment to heat up Johnson, Shamit Crowder's getting there. Uh, we will see what Aiton looks like when he gets back out there, right, but right. Um, a lot to, a lot to continue to watch three and three, a very, very, very winnable game coming up on Thursday night against, the Houston Rockets, a young team that they should be able to blow out. We saw the Lakers have a little bit of trouble, but the Suns they should did. be able to handle those guys. Uh, so we'll see what happens tonight. You can catch Dwayne at the Arizona Republic at AZ Central Sports, and he is at Dwayne Rankin on Twitter. We'll be back tomorrow, well, tonight, I guess, when most of you are listening to this, to recap the Rockets game and close out the week that way. Enjoy the game, and I'll talk to you then.